Good morning for Northeast by Midwest. My name is Jonathan Jones. How are you doing today? Hope you're doing well. Things are going well for you. Hey, if you listen to the podcast, whenever it is, whether it's from a long time ago or this one as it comes out, uh, please reach out to me. You know, send me a voice message, a text, an email. Um, you know, and it's not about me. Uh, just, you know, maybe something you thought or an idea you had. You can disagree, whatever. Uh, send it my way. I'm always happy to communicate with those that listen. So today I want to address um, the truth as a Christian of what it means to be a disciple. What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? Now, obviously, I'm going to have to, I've got a few series in mind that I'll be doing down the road, and this is probably one of them sometime later this year. Um, but, you know, I just kind of want to address that today. It's been on my heart and my mind a lot. And within Christianity, there there has been at least recently kind of a, a movement of deconstructionism. Um, and, and I think that there, there's a lot of pieces of that are very dangerous, and there's a lot of pieces of that that, of that, that are good. We, you know, there's a sense in which we should always be deconstructing ourselves, and God is really deconstructing ourselves to make us more like Christ. But there's also a sense in which we should not be deconstructing our faith, you know, and, and running away. Paul will warn, many have swerved from the faith. And so, you know, kind of in light of that, and also in this very polytheistic, um, tolerant culture, where Christianity can be sort of one more thing to add on the list of all the other things we do or all the other gods we have. I want to remind us that biblical Christianity, the kind of Christianity that's about Christ, is very different many times, sadly, than even what's taught for many of our pulpits. And so let's dive in just for a few minutes today and talk about what it means to be a disciple. So being a disciple of Jesus Christ implies a couple of things, right? First of all, it implies literally that you are a disciple. Well, what does that look like? How does one become a disciple? Well, if we were to go back to the days of the disciples of Jesus, you know, we've got a pretty interesting show right now, The Chosen. Some of you have probably seen it. If you haven't, you should check it out. And there's all kinds of opinions out there about it. You know, honestly, I like the show. Uh, You know, they take... uh, a few liberties here and there, but they seem to follow the narrative pretty closely of the Bible. And and if you haven't, it'll give you a good idea, just maybe culturally, um, of some of the things that the disciples probably would have had to go through. And one of them that I think is really important is that there's a particular there's a particular scene within the chosen, and and I think it's pretty interesting this particular scene because what what ends up happening uh, within within this scene is you have all of the disciples, I think it's season three, um, and they're all sitting around a table and they get paired up two by two. And, and, and there's some conversations about, you know, well, why isn't one disciple doing this? And why isn't another disciple doing that? And so on and so forth. And my, my, my point in sharing that is it's, it's poignant because the reality is, is Jesus calls the first disciples, one is a fisherman. Uh, not exactly somebody who makes a lot of money, probably enough to scrape by. Uh, Peter, you know, uh, James and John, uh, you know, are called and, and ultimately, um, you know, Peter's pretty impetuous, uh, maybe has even a little bit of an angry streak, um, may, maybe a little bit ADHD. And so the reality is when we think of being disciples of Jesus, Jesus calls people from all different walks and backgrounds. Then he goes and calls Matthew a tax collector. 
I mean, the Jews hated tax collectors and vice versa. And, and, and I won't go down the list of the rest of them, but you know, you've got, most of us know of Judas. He, he was a keeper of the money. And so the reality is Jesus calls people from all different walks and all different backgrounds. So he calls them from different circumstances, but in the same way. They were to give up what they were doing and they were to follow him. And so the reality is that being a disciple of Jesus is not ultimately about me as much as it is about Jesus. Now, now it is about me and about you in the sense that, you know, I, I have to listen to the Lord and follow what he tells me to do. Absolutely. But the reality is John the Baptist, I think, will echo may, maybe the best part of being a disciple and, and that's John in John 3.30, he'll say, may you increase, may I decrease. That's really what discipleship is about. And so the reality is, as Jonathan Jones, if I'm continually becoming greater and greater and greater in people's eyes, but they're not seeing Christ, then I have to ask myself a very serious question. Do I know Christ? And I think that, you know, the, the very nature of being a disciple of Jesus is that we are disciples of Jesus, that he is becoming greater in our lives. Now, please, friend, that doesn't mean that we are going to be perfect in this life. Absolutely not. I make mistakes all the time. I'm still a sinner. I'm forgiven. I'm right with God, but I still sin. And so the reality is this whole disciple making and, and becoming a disciple of Jesus it is really kind of a, a multi-pronged process. When we become a Christian, God gives us his Holy Spirit. And so God's temple is now my body. And, and so now I have the power to resist sin and to say no. Do I always do that? No, I wish I did. But sometimes I don't because this body's still cursed and my mind is still cursed. And I have a new heart that wants to obey God, but it doesn't always. And so that's kind of one aspect of being a disciple. And, and I think one of the things that, that I really want to address in, in the North American culture is so often, you know, we will talk about this idea of Jesus becoming our Savior and then at some point someday becoming our Lord. Now, this is a little controversial in Christian circles, and you can feel free to disagree. The reality is you're going to know where I land right now, and that is Jesus is not your Savior if he's not your Lord. Now, I might not always live as if he's my Lord, but the reality is the Apostle Paul will tell us that we are to confess Jesus as Lord in Romans chapter 10, and we will be saved. Paul tells us in Philippians 10, not that every knee will bow and confess Jesus as Savior, but they will confess him as Lord. And so this, this aspect, this, this idea of being a Christian and a disciple is, is completely hitched or completely tethered to the fact that we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died, that he was buried, that he gloriously rose again. In fact, I, I cannot declare myself a disciple if I don't publicly confess that and personally believe that. And those two aspects are, are crucial, friends. A public declaration at some point. I don't necessarily have to stand on the street corner or post it on Facebook. But it's interesting that Paul will say if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus has risen from the dead, we will be saved. Anyone who calls the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's first or that's a Romans chapter 10, starting down at verse 9 up through 13. Just kind of a little summary. So being a disciple of Jesus has as those two aspects to it where 
where ultimately he calls us where we're at, wherever we're at. You know, if we're in a life of debauchery, if we're living a life of wealth, if we're living a life of goodness, if we're living a life of suffering, Jesus meets us where we are, but he does not leave us how we are and where we are. Anyone that ever met Jesus in the Bible and was considered a disciple left changed. I mean, you read in the Gospels about Peter, and then you read First and Second Peter, it's like a different guy, because he is a different guy. You look at the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 9 of the Bible, he's killing Christians, and within a chapter, he's proclaiming Jesus as Savior and Lord. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Those are just two simple examples. And so the reality is Jesus meets us where we are, but he doesn't leave us where and how we are. We are changed. Sometimes that process uh, of change in some people is extremely drastic and, and, and you know, they, they have a, an addiction and, and immediately it's gone. With other people, it takes a little more time. But the reality is that Jesus changes us. And, and I think the final aspect that I at least want to share today, there are many more. That's why this is going to have to be a series at some point. But as you can tell, I, I'm kind of passionate about this because in our sort of animistic humanistic culture today, I'm very afeared, to use an old English word, that we have added Jesus to all of the other idols in our life. In the sense of like, here, well, I've got Jesus now too, I'm good to go. Like he's some sort of, you know, genie in the lamp. And and now that Jesus is part of my life, and, and I think, friends, that's why it's we have to be so careful with, well, I've accepted Jesus, and I... You never see the term in the Bible, accepting Jesus. Now, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you're saying, well, I did. Great. Praise God. That's awesome. But more importantly than that, Jesus needs to accept me. I mean, I'm the one that sinned, not Jesus. Uh, I'm the one that broke God's laws, not Jesus. He's the one that suffered, not me. And so there, there's a reality with the gospel that we that we have to think through. And so while we think through that, and, and I hope that you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior from sin, then we are reminded that living our lives as Christians is, is not this animistic GD type, oh, Jesus is now on my shelf with all my other things I worship, with my sports and my drugs and my sex and, you know, whatever it is, my family, uh, my, my religion. The reality is, friends, Jesus is either Savior and Lord or he's not. As C.S. Lewis, I think, so aptly put it, he's liar, he's lunatic, or lore. You know, Jesus is not coming into my life to be second place. Jesus is not there, you know, to be like along for the ride. Uh, you know, we will see these bumper stickers, God is my co-pilot. No, Jesus is the pilot of my life or he's not. You know, he's not my co-pilot, he's the pilot he runs my life. He is my Lord, my Savior, my King. He's in charge. And if we know anything about monarchies, you know, it's not my choice to tell the King what to do. It's the King's choice to tell me what to do. And so finally, I, I think that leads me to Jesus' own words where he says, if anyone wants to be my disciple, he must take up his cross daily and follow me. And he talks about being hated by our family and friends and those close to us. And some of you that listen to this may have never experienced that. Some of you may have. But the reality is there is a cost to following Jesus. It's not a healthy, wealthy, wonderful ride. 
You know, and, and I think one of the, at least in the evangelical world of Christianity in America, we purported that, hey, if you come to Jesus, everything's going to be great. You're going to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. Everything's going to be awesome. You'll have new cars, and you'll drive a BMW, and your business will explode, and blah, 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 blah. Friends, that, that's a bunch of crock. Now, the reality is, will God bless us? Absolutely. Paul tells us that we're blessed in the heavenly places in Christ. And those blessings, sometimes we see them in the Bible through Abraham and David and Moses and, you know, and, and you know, the Apostle Paul and maybe a few others, that Solomon. Those blessings sometimes will come in the sense of health and wealth and wisdom. Sure, they can, but it's not guaranteed. Sometimes they'll come in suffering. Sometimes they'll come in trials. And so the reality of being a disciple of Jesus is not so much that, hey, I'm a disciple of Jesus and I'm amazing. It's the fact of being a disciple of Jesus in the good days and the hard days, in the days when we're told we have cancer, in the days when we get ready to die, in the days when nothing goes right, in the days when we suffer physical, spiritual, or even persecution. And the reality is those things weed out those that truly are disciples and those that are not. I find it interesting, friends, by the way, as I close, that the three times that the word Christian is used in the Bible, only three, it is always used by someone on the outside talking about those on the inside that are Christians. They were first called Christians at Antioch in the book of Acts. And it wasn't the Christians that called themselves Christians. It was the non-Christians that called themselves Christians. So part of the reason I did this little mini devotional slash podcast on disciple is because I think so often Christianity has become a word that's just sort of like a word that people use that they don't even know what it is. And so if we're going to call ourselves Christians... Let's be careful not to do that so much that we think that we know what that means, but other people in the world don't. Isn't it interesting that the Bible, in all three instances, it will be people that aren't Christians, or maybe there's a few that are, but in a larger group outside the church that call those in the church Christians. And I think in the same way, we need to recalibrate a little bit. Let's call ourselves disciples of Jesus. We're learning from him. We're learning about him. We're learning to be more like him. And so I hope that encourages you today. If you are a disciple of Jesus, if you claim to be a Christian, hallelujah, I rejoice with you. You are my brother and my sister in Christ. And if you listen to this, if this finds you and you do not know Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, I would encourage you today to repent from your sins, to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. There is salvation offered in him alone. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. For with the mouth one makes confession unto salvation, and with the heart one believes unto righteousness. With our lips and with our heart. Oh friend, I pray you would do that today. And for those of us that have, we are disciples of Christ not because of who we are, but because of whose we are. May we abide in Jesus Christ. May he be the Savior and Lord of our life, from our heart to our lips. For Northeast by Midwest, this is Jonathan Jones. Pray you have a great day.